Well, welcome to a very special bonus season of The Collective Podcast. We are so glad you guys have trusted us with your time today. You know, earlier this summer, we got our collective women together for a beautiful evening full of worshiping our King and women being able to share tough topics from a biblical worldview. And it was an amazing night. It was so amazing, in fact, that we wanted to package them all together so that you can access them anytime. And I'm so thrilled for you to spend the next couple weeks with us just listening to everything that was shared that night. So join us right now as we listen in. Welcome, ladies. You're listening to The Collective Podcast, and I am your host today, Chelsea Shea Friesen. And joining me are three phenomenal women who are going to be talking about our single most demanded topic of conversation, working moms. They led this conversation in our June event, and they are back to give us some more content and to answer some questions in another episode as well. So stay tuned for that. But today, we're going to dive in deep, and we're going to listen to what they have learned on the battlefield of being a working mom and giving God the glory in it. And so I'm going to pass it over to S.A. Girl, kick us off. Tell us things. Hey, my name is S.A. Nosakare, and I'm a nurse practitioner. I work in Watermark Urgent Care. So see about me if you're not feeling well. My uh, passions, I'm a mom of two. I've been married for 11 years. Um, I'm an Enneagram One. I love Ooh, hospitality. I know, man, it's, it's we really all sad. Are, are you really? <laughs> all of us oh are Enneagram ones. Okay, Enneagram uh, ones, listen. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, go for it. Um, love hospitality. I love loving others. Um, God has just given me the eye to see um, those who need to be seen. So it's been really fun to do that. I work because I want to. I love what I do. I love caring for people. And it's so awesome to see what we do kind of come to life when we're caring for others at the clinic. Um, and culturally, I'm Nigerian, second generation born um, in Nigeria, grew up here. Um, and I was just taught from an early age that you work, um, you get a degree, you work really hard for that degree, and then you do something with that. So um, my dad, if you ever get to meet him, he will tell you that he came here with one shirt pair of pants and a sandals didn't even have a shoe in a briefcase and my dad has just formed a wonderful legacy um, in his four children so it's just ingrained it's just respect there's a lot of respect behind working it's not frowned upon so that's why I work I mean that's awesome I love your story I also hate following you <laughs> but I will um, I'm Dana I am I have a weird degree marriage here of customer success and interior design. I do both of those things separately. Um, we are a first responder family. I've been at Watermark a long time. I have four kids with boy-girl twins in the middle, so our life is crazy. Um, I am so passionate about encouraging working moms in their season because my journey to working mom was a little bit different than essays or a lot different, but I um, married a police officer, and so we were like, we want four kids. We want to be close to his department. I'm probably going to work. And so I have done that in various capacities for the past 14 years. And um, I'm currently working full time and love it and love being here with these girls today. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Okay, well, let's kick it off to Meg. Tell us all about yourself, girl. Yes. Hi, this is Meg McCrory. And um, I have been at Watermark also for a long time. Dana and I have been friends for a while. And Essay's a new friend. Um, but have just really enjoyed getting to work. Um, my husband and I have two young girls. And um, similar to Dana, 
just as we looked at where our community group was located, where our jobs were, and then wanting to be close uh, to the church, honestly, we felt like that was the best option for us was for me to work. My husband's also a teacher. So just when we did the math uh, and we looked at some of our family's goals, that was what was best for us and made that agreement before we had children. I had the privilege of working in development for If Gathering, if you all are familiar with that organization, has been so, so fun and uh, really does play into the love I have for women and supporting women and, and really the role of women working outside the home. Yeah, so um, we're just excited to be sharing with you guys today what the Lord has put on all three of our hearts. Um, hopefully it encourages you, it convicts you, and inspires you to see just the unseen joy um, in our lives through our work. And so we think that this, po- this topic is very important to us because it talks um, to just the importance of having this conversation in a setting that allows us to talk about um, us as working moms, um, particularly through the collective. And so we're just blessed and just we are just honored and grateful to be able to have this conversation. A lot of us spend significant amounts of time and energy at work, and it's just not... um, healthy if our workplaces are not healthy as well. This is just a huge miss. Um, And so we're just wanting to just say hey to those moms that um, are just within the spectrum of that. Moms who work full-time or part-time or working from home, which is a new avenue post-pandemic. This talk, this chat is going to be for you. So our hope is that whatever life stage you may be in, that you leave encouraged and reminded that God sees you and you are fully known by him. We're going to go through a lot of information in this short time. So if you're listening, stay tuned. We're going to cover some ground. Um, Essay, can you kick us off? Yeah, for sure. So um, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift from God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Now I know I'm not saved by my works, but a lot of times I am prone to be satisfied by them. And I'm sure a lot of you can relate to that. Um, Work can provide visible evidence that we are significant and safe, that we have some sort of worth. Um, And if if any of you guys feel this way, then you need to ask yourself, I need to ask myself often, uh, does our hearts truly rest in what God has done in our lives? Or are we resting in what we have made or achieved? We believe that To see the unseen joy in the midst of work, it requires a shift in priorities. We're going to talk about um, our primary focus of that shift needing to be on Jesus, on others, and then ourselves. So I'm going to shift over to what uh, Dana thinks about what um, the Bible has shared about motherhood. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so what does the Bible say about working moms? First of all, moms, ladies, friends of working moms, friends of friends, all of them, we lift high the value of motherhood. And so as we go into this topic, please hear that. We're not lowering it. We lift this high. We just want to say that on the front end of this talk. Um, So let's talk about being Jesus focused. How do we shift our mindsets about work so we can become healthy? We believe that to see the unseen in work requires a shift of priorities. So first of all, work is a blessing given to mankind before the fall. God gave us work as a chance to have purpose and dignity 
and to exist in a way that leads to human flourishing. Both men and women are called to work, and the Bible says a person who does not provide for their family is worse than an unbeliever. And that's from 1 Timothy 5.8. Women play a significant role across the globe in, trans, in positively transforming their families, churches, and communities when they have the opportunity to put their skills to work. The Bible is full of praise for hardworking women. God-fearing women, the Exodus midwives who saved the Hebrew babies, including Moses in Exodus 1, 15-21. Or Deborah, God's warrior and judge of Israel, Judges 4-5. through And Abigail, who spared her family through poise and wisdom in 1 Samuel 25. Or Lydia, the prominent business owner who generously supported Paul and Silas and helped start the first church in Acts 16. Or Acts 18, where Priscilla, the tent-making theologian and co-laborer with her husband and Paul. And of course, the Proverbs 31 woman. There are many others. In today's American culture, educated women are likely to have more lifestyle choices than our mothers did, which can be overwhelming if they marry and have children. Should she work or stay home? Is the father a present or absent father? Do her children have special needs? Will she lose her skills if she steps out in the workforce and wants to return later? Is a flexible or part-time work schedule possible? If working outside the home, who will care for the children? Who is shaping their minds? Who are they being taught by? Are they safe? Should they attend public school, private school, homeschool? And the list goes on. And then there are the hardworking women who have no luxury of such a choice. 30% of Dallas metro area households are female head, and they represent 53% of our households living in poverty. 66% of women that go through square one here at Watermark return to some capacity of work. As Watermark continues to focus externally, we should be inviting more and more working mothers to church. What type of welcome will they receive? What support are we offering them to help their faith and mothering journey? And what type of welcome and support do our current working moms receive? Women live their lives in seasons. This is just one of my favorite principles to remember as moms. And this is a perspective we must keep encouraging and discipling and supporting our women. We have many watermark mothers in the season of child rearing, working diligently at home and in ministry, sacrificing a lot to raise their children with their full-time presence. And then we have some women working diligently outside the home and in ministry, sacrificing much to raise their children with the help of others. Scripture commands us to love God with our entire lives and raise our children to know and follow his teachings. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be on the frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on doorposts of your house and on your gates. Um, One thing scripture is silent about is the manner in which a woman is to execute that command. And so we must minister to our women by knowing the season and situation of her life and encouraging her to process her decisions with her husband. If she's married, um, and then with wise counsel in in community if she's not. It then becomes a matter of personal conviction to walk out the best way to fulfill her responsibility in Deuteronomy 6, given her different life situations. And so we have this 
decision-making guide that we've created, um, which I'm sure we'll make available to you all. So this decision-making guide is phenomenal, and you're going to want to go look in the show notes to find it. It is a graph that I think will really help you if you're questioning or even if, you're, if you already are a stay-at-home mom or, or looking to work, whatever. This will help you walk through in a really God-honoring way where your posture is towards this and what your um, perspective should be as you pursue what it looks like to become a working mom in whatever capacity. So go look in our show notes and I highly recommend it. Even if you aren't a working mom, this will be a great tool to help you support the women around you and maybe just give you a more healthy framework of how to look at the people around you are working moms. Yeah, I agree. That's, we have had lots of friends we've processed through this too. And I would say it's not biased. You can come out feeling different ways because like we said there's different seasons of life so lots of good scripture in it and just a a part of the whole framework um, and the worksheet that we have one thing that I really like to touch on is we have this section called kids like is my family thriving yeah and specifically what thriving is not helicopter parenting it's not meeting every whim and need of your kids. Um, I think as working moms, I know even amongst the three of us talking today, we have really wrestled with that particular question. And so um, just a quote from another working mom that I love is cast vision to your family that your job is a we and not a me. And God, God knew that who would be your child's mom. God knew that I would be the mom of my four kids and that I would be a working mom and that the Lord made me the juggler and the type of person I am for my kids to see. And so um, thriving looks different for us than maybe a mom who is staying home. Thriving is more about how we are um, shepherding our kids, that Jesus is still the center of our home um, and not about how maybe our kids feel all the time. So anyway, I'm going to pass this over to Meg now. That's so good. Every time I hear it, it ministers to my heart because that's such a great check for us as women of just how how are we shepherding our kids? What are mm-hmm. they taking away? Okay, so next we've talked about the J, Jesus, others. We're going to talk about the O, others focused. And there's a reason why I'm saying those letters. You'll pick up on it here in a second. Um, so others focused. What this means is what Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5.14, that the love of Christ compels him in his ministry. Once we have a right relationship with the Lord, an other-centered life is the result. Jesus says in Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine, loving to love your neighbor as yourself is next to loving God with all of our hearts, souls, minds, and strength is the greatest commandment. We we've all heard that, right? You can't have the first without the second. So, what is loving others not? It's not working really hard to win the approval of man or to perform. I certainly can relate with that. Um, I can wrestle with just being a people pleaser and being consumed with performance. But no, this verse is saying out of the overflow of the love I know God has for me, how much more should I show love and serve others? So let's talk about some barriers to loving others in a selfless, pure way that's not grounded in people pleasing. And that's toxic thoughts. These are the kind that swirl in your head. I think we can all relate to those, experience them from time to time. Often there's an ounce of truth that's mixed with a strong dose of untruth. So let me just kind of list a couple that I personally have struggled with. One, I don't see working moms being celebrated or accepted at 
church. Because of that, they must not support my family's decision. Two, I love my community group girls. Shout out to them listening right now. But I can't relate to them because they all stay home. Again, that's a lie that I believed. Three, not only do I miss out with them, my kids will miss out too and even suffer because of our family's decision for me to work outside the home. Four, that must mean there's no way I can be as good of a mom because I work. And then five, if I can't be as good of a mom, this is the one that hurts, then I must be less of a Christian. So I've believed all of those. And in fact, it was just a couple of weeks ago that I sought out the counsel of an older, wiser woman in our church on the topic of motherhood and parenting. And in the course of that conversation, she went straight to the question, have you considered working part-time? As if that was the automatic answer to the behavior of our three-year-old. I was so hurt and felt so much shame because what I heard was, oh Meg, all those toxic thoughts you think about, yeah, they're all true. I had to go back to God's word first, my husband and our community group who've helped us process through this decision, through this guide we just talked about, really to refresh my heart of what is true and where we landed for the best decision for our family in this season, the season being a keyword Dana talked about. And really to confess my hurt and reconcile with my mama friend, which I did. And she was so gracious with knowing there was just some internal triggers for me. So why do I share that story? Really, it's because I think a lot of us can relate with it. I learn from toxic thoughts and it's really uh, helpful to identify those that they can confuse, distract and paralyze us from loving the people that are right in front of us. A phrase you may have heard around here at Watermark is, We are to live on mission as if every day is a mission trip. That means our call to love and serve extends beyond the four walls of our home. And that includes for those of us working our coworkers. Okay, so let's talk just practically about three ways that we can be others focused. One is share the gospel. It seems like an obvious one, but there's a reason why it's it's first, right? So 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 20 Uh, Paul says, everything is from God who has reconciled us to him self through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is in Christ. God was reconciling the world himself, not counting their trespasses against him. And he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ since God is making his appeal through us. We plead on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. So each one of you are an ambassador for Christ in your workplace. Your coworkers, clients, patients, boss, person you share a cubicle with, maybe the person you're in the cart with right now, I don't know. It's not a coincidence, and they've been strategically placed in your life by a God who loves them and desperately wants to know them. God put you in their lives. He's making his appeal to them through you. And then number two is serve others. This is a very countercultural way to live. Following Christ's example means that it's selfless service. Paul talks about that in Philippians 2. We want everyone to look out for the interest of others and not ourselves. I can't think of a better way to do that than to share, show the gospel in action, to adopt that attitude of it's others above myself. And number three, work with excellence. We work with excellence because because the world is watching us. 1 Peter 2 tells us to conduct ourselves honorably before others. 
Our work should be marked with integrity, excellence, and diligence because how we work not only honors the Lord, but also points to his goodness and glory. How we work matters because it is evidence of who we ultimately work for. I'm just going to repeat that. It's good. How we work matters because it is evidence of who we ultimately work for. We should be the most reliable, hardest working, most honest, most dependable employees at our jobs. Again, this is not so that we can gain anything, self-focused or soul-sucking idol worship, no, but more so so we can give glory to the Lord. One of the most significant ways we can work with excellence is with the words that come out of our mouths. That looks like resisting the urge to gossip, to grumble, or to complain. And as many working moms know, there's a lot on our plates, and it can be really easy to do those things when we're tired or stressed. But Ephesians 4.29 tells us, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Philippians 2.14 tells us, do everything without grumbling and complaining so that you, so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights and a world full of crooked and perverse people. You guys, we get to be bright lights in our world with our coworkers, our neighbors, the people that are all around us. Oh, that's good. Um, so to tag off of what Meg was talking about, about being others focused, the last way that we can find the unseen joy in work is realizing that you matter. Meaning actually focusing on you, girl. I'm not just talking about self-care. Pre-pandemic, I was in a season of constant busyness. Being an Enneagram one, I tend to think very pragmatically. And so because of this, I have to be very, very um, careful as I can become very self-reliant and prideful. So in that season, I was super overwhelmed. I was exhausted. Um, For the longest time, I I just continued to carry far more than I could bear. Um, I found it super hard to rest and was only able to give my family my last 10%. Um, thankfully, God forced everyone to slow down last year in the pandemic and look at life, life differently. And so I slowed down enough to realize I was running myself to the ground. Um, so perhaps, like me, you might be worried about the day that your life is going to fall apart and everyone in your life will discover how inadequate you are. Is it just me? No? Nope. Yeah? Okay, cool. <laughs> like David in the Psalms, my prayers were just reduced to exhausted one-liners. When I got to the second year of commuting three hours a day, I would find myself asking, God, where are you in this? Why won't you help me? You know, do you even see me? Can you hear me? Um, I don't know if you guys relate to this level of exhaustion, but if you do, then it's time to rest, sweet sisters. So why am I sharing this? Well, let's hop on back into Genesis 2, verses 2 and 3. And it says, And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, God rested from his work that he had done in creation. So while our Heavenly Father created heaven and earth in Genesis, he also rested from his work on the the seventh day. So God blesses our work, and in that same way, he also blesses rest. 
God did not rest because he was tired, y'all. He rested from his work to set a precedence for his people. Knowing our tendency to strive and work despite our exhaustion, despite deadlines, despite our health, God gave the Israelites Sabbath, a day of rest as a blessing, and he commanded it by law. So God expects us to rest, and like a good parent, he models the behavior that he wants to see in his children before giving the command. So you see, seeing the Lord rightly requires rest, resting in the knowledge that we are not expected by God to do life on our own. And one of my favorite scriptures on the planet is Matthew eleven twenty eight through um, 30, and it says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest to take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gent- gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We live in a broken world. We suffer. We grow weary. And at times, the pressures in our lives will feel like it's too much to bear because it is. We are not strong enough to handle anything on our own. No one is. And so the purpose of rest is not simply to rejuvenate yourself in order to do more or just to pursue pleasure. It's a time to unplug uh, from work and to truly enjoy God's creation and see that it is good. So if you find it difficult resting, or if you find that you're giving your last 10% of your energy to your family and to the Lord, perhaps it's time to take um, a moment to just reevaluate your schedule or even your job. Ask, God, is this where you want me to be? Uh, What changes? can I incorporate uh, to make more rest in my life? So whether it's taking some PTO or contemplating even a new job or talking to leadership and ministry where you serve to take the season off, do it. Sisters, rest is free. However, obedience and diligence is required. I'm gonna say that again a different way. It is disobedient to not rest. May we be diligent to enter into his rest. So Jesus, others, you, J-O-Y. I want us to reflect on how seeing joy in work will affect us, how it affects us, our workplaces, our families, community, church, um, even the city. Like we said earlier, if we are not healthy in the place we spend a large portion of our walking days, so many things are affected. So whether you are struggling with a work deadline, struggling at home with the kids, struggling to stand firm in your work environment, take a deep breath and let the truth settle within your heart. God is with you and you are not alone. Bring your thinking into alignment with truth found in God's word. When we look at work like we are doing it for the Lord, we have a completely different perspective and that helps us endure with with whatever our life brings. So instead of focusing on your self-image or self-identity, focus on who you are in him. Man, y'all, thank you so much for walking us through your wisdom and your journey as working moms. I am new to this role and I feel like a sponge sitting here just listening. It is such a treasure and a gem of information. 
And for anybody listening, we're going to do a second session here with questions and answers. So I'm about to hit these girls up with some questions that y'all sent in, and they're going to give us some live feedback on just what God's word has to say and what their experience would tell them about the answers to these questions. So ladies, the heart of this podcast is to highlight ordinary women living extraordinary lives of faithfulness, and y'all are doing that. So thank you. And just truly, sometimes the extraordinary happens in the everyday life and in the daily fight to renew our mind in Christ Jesus, Romans 12.1. So um, we have to see ourselves the way the Creator sees us, and y'all do that, and you've done that. And as your sister in Christ, I can't wait to bear witness to how you do that um, in future days. So ladies, this is all we have time for today. If you want to learn more about The Collective, you can visit our website, watermark.org slash collective, and follow us on Instagram at watermark underscore collective. Girls, there's some great stuff being hitting up on there. You've got to go follow us. It is the place to be. And be sure to share this episode with someone who needs to hear it today, because I am confident there are some working moms who need this info. And I'm confident there are some stay-at-home moms who need to know how to support their friends, and this could do a world of good. Uh, if you have any questions about this episode, you can email us at collective at watermark.org. We'll see you next time on The Collective Podcast.